someone in Atlanta has to score a touchdown. It might as well be the Braves. Ooh, brother, the cream rises to the top. If you call it March Madness and have that stuff going on, man, what we almost had go down in Ohio tonight was November nuttiness. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am your co-host, the Lions' one spot in the win column, joined, as always, by my other co-host, Mac Jones' imaginary fourth pass attempt. How's it going tonight? Uh, pretty good. Um, I So we talked about this before the podcast started. Who would do the introduction? And Jared said, I have, I have something. And I'm like, okay. It probably doesn't uh, compare to yours, but I gave it a whirl this time. No, there. I, I, I had a few cocked and loaded. One of them was uh, Mac Jones' two completed <laughs> passing attempts. <laughs> um, another one was the one wing, the one win that will take the. Uh, I can't talk. It's a good thing you introed, but the other one was uh, the Lions' one win that would take them to the Super Bowl. Boom. Well, we were well, thinking along the same lines then. Yeah, I also had cocked and loaded things like um, Schrodinger's Broncos, a.k.a. the Denver Eninga, en- Enig- Enigmas. Enigmas, yes. yes. Okay. That play at the Mile Y Stadium. <laughs> wow. That one was – that took some effort, I feel like. That was – yeah. Yeah, that was brewing for a bit. Um, What was the other one that I had? I had another one that I thought was pretty good. Oh, Jared Goff's girlfriend reacting to the Lions' first win was my other Lions-related one. Oh, yeah. That was uh, that was pretty good, man. Yeah, well, as we've both touched on uh, several times here in our rambling intro, the Lions got their first win this week. Uh, I'm so happy for Dan Campbell, man. Talk about well-deserved. Yeah, first W as an NFL coach. That's why he is my shout-out this week. Congratulations to Dan Campbell. I hope this is the first of many. I really do like him. Um, but time will tell. Yeah, man. Uh, that was so awesome to see. And, and literally a last second victory there in Detroit yeah. for the Lions. So, uh, yeah, uh, Lions fans have to be over the moon right now. I mean, the players acted like they had just won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, no it, kidding. It, it's it's got to be a good means. feeling. Yeah, man. Uh, so there will be no winless teams in the NFL this year. And that means that what is it? The 2017 or 16 Cleveland Browns will still sit atop that mantle as the last team to go winless in a season. Oh, yikes. Uh, And then the other thing we both touched on uh, in our, in our intros here, uh, Mac Jones and more specifically uh, the Patriots. uh, And for those of you who don't know, the win over Buffalo on Monday night bumps the Patriots back up to the number one spot in the AFC currently uh, a spot that they're very familiar with, but that us as most of us as football fans who don't like the Patriots was hoping they wouldn't be in for quite some time now that Brady's gone. And here they are not even two years later back in the old stomping grounds. Yeah. I don't think it's as bad as, as a lot of people are thinking, um, like we talked about, Mac Jones had all of three passing attempts, two completions this past week. Um, it was a bad weather game. Really bad weather game. Yeah. Bill Belichick is a really good coach. Um, he made use of what he had and used it well. 
Uh, and honestly, right now the Bills are. Um, I'll, I'll put it like the Bills are a fine team. They're a good team. Honestly, they're going to make the playoffs. They might even win a playoff game or two. But the issue is, is with their performances last year, the Bills should be a great team. They yeah. should be pub stomping their division. They should but be. And they're not. No, uh, not even their division. They're they're struggling against teams just in the league they shouldn't be struggling with. And my Super Bowl pick from a few weeks ago, really from all season, is really not looking too hot right now, man. I really believed in this Buffalo team up until the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into last night's game alone. I mean, it wasn't good, obviously, to lose to a division rival at home. But uh, just in general, this uh, season and this last month, the Bills have not looked great. I mean, they've struggled. They've lost games they shouldn't have. Um, this is not how you want to be playing in December, and you don't want to go into the playoffs stumbling. Uh, it's the last thing you want to do. So they need to kick it into gear these last few weeks. But, yeah, the loss to New England, uh, you know, good for good on the Patriots, and like you said, good on Bill Belichick. Uh, the guy never ceases to impress in his coaching abilities. You know, just when we think we've seen everything that old Bill's got up his sleeve and what he can do here, we had the Patriots last night uh, on Monday night, looking like one of the service academies in college with the way they played that game, hardly ever passed, ran almost every single play and it was enough to win. I mean, so you have to tip your cap to him. Yeah, and like we said, Bill Belichick is no fool. No, 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 no. Uh, and speaking of the service academies, like I just mentioned, apparently before the game or during the game maybe, uh, at some point in Buffalo the other night, Bill was spotted wearing a uh, Navy midshipman mask. And Navy is one of those schools that famously, famously hardly ever passes the ball. And they run – uh, option offense run 95% of the time. And so many people are like, Oh, was this bill tipping us off to what he was going to do? Uh, man, <laughs> it's, it's funny stuff going on in new England. And here they are in the number one spot again in the AFC. If the playoffs started right now, they'd have that bye week They'd be the number one seed. Um, and bill has taken a guy like Mac Jones, who I, I knew Mac was good coming out of college. I think we all did. But I, I did, I'll be honest, I didn't foresee this kind of success, at least this early with New England in his career. No, but again, Bill Belichick, you know, even with Brady, he had a lot of quarterbacks under him over those years because you can look at all the quarterbacks that the Patriots drafted to quote-unquote replace Brady that then obviously got let go. He's developed a lot of quarterbacks. He's, he's got an idea of what to do. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's something that people don't really think of. No, uh, for sure. I agree with you. And uh, we got to remember that Brady was a sixth round draft pick, right? Number 199 yeah. overall. He was a nobody coming out of college as far as the NFL was concerned. And then obviously the story has been told time and time again. Uh, we don't need to rehash it here, but he's turned it into the best career that we've ever seen in the NFL and I'm not mm -hmm. saying Mac's going to do the same thing, but Mac, who was a highly touted draft pick, who was 
one of the top quarterbacks in the entire class uh, this last year. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what Belichick's able to do with that. And uh, what we've seen so far is Mac's going to be all right, I think, in the NFL. Uh, yeah. I, I am interested to see what what he does when it does come to playoff time, because as it stands right now, the Patriots are more than likely going to be in the playoffs. Uh, when we get into those crunch time moments, those moments where Brady has done so well in been so clutch, one of the most clutch players we've ever seen. It's going to be interesting to see how old Mac and cheese handles those moments. Um, and we kind of talked about it earlier in the season when they played your Buccaneers up there in new England. And I, uh, famously infamously said that I didn't think Mac Jones stood a chance in that game. And boy, was I wrong. He went toe to toe with Brady all night and he's going to find himself in more moments like that in the playoffs, even bigger moments, honestly. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to be all right. I'm not saying the Patriots are going to go all the way and win it this year, but uh, Mac will, yeah. Mac will shine. I think so. Yeah. I think right now, Mac Jones is also still, suffering the suffering benefiting whatever you want to say the residual radiation from the Brady effect and we've talked about this before where players play better with Tom Brady let's you know a current example is regular season Lenny right now well Leonard Fournette is going buku for freaking he's going cuckoo for coconuts right now love it man's playing out of his mind saving my fantasy season with Derrick Henry down is what he's doing um, you know, he was someone that the Jacksonville Jaguars wrote off. A lot of fans wrote him off. And last year, you know, there's a point where he almost left the team. And this season, he is rebounded back to form, especially these last couple of games. But Mac Jones there in New England, you know, getting compared to Brady, playing with people that played with Brady, he is constantly getting compared to him, constantly getting measured up to him. So, you know, in a similar fashion, he's got to play up. He's got to play better because of Brady. Yeah, he, for- and I, I think he is, you know, he's showing he's the best quarterback in this draft class right now, by hands down. We no were doubt. both wrong. You thought it would be Zach oh. Wilson, who I want to touch on here in a second. Oh, and I thought it was going to be Justin Fields, who I still think in the long term could be a great quarterback. Maybe not the best out of this class anymore, but and then Trey Lance, I don't I don't want to speak eh. on him because haven't seen enough. Fair enough. Uh, OK, what do you have to say about Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson, I think – I don't want to call him a bust quite yet. I was going to say, but, we can't call him a bust yet now. But he's a solid yikes right now. He he threw a touchdown this week. Do you know when the last touchdown he threw this season was? Was it like week three, week four? Yes, week three against the Titans. Yeah, well, and he was injured for a little bit there. I'm not making excuses yeah, for the guy because he's still. definitely had a rough season. There's no – no doubt about it. I'm eating, eating crow a little bit on that one from our draft episodes and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe I'm, am still a little bit and definitely was more in love with Zach Wilson's potential and, and what I saw in flashes and in moments of his BYU career in college. Um, I'm not ready to write the kid off yet. I, I'm not going to backtrack on my statement just yet. But, boy, this season so far, like you said, Mac Jones is a cut above the rest in that class, and uh, he's he's proven it so far. And I, I love to see it, honestly. I, I'm a fan of Mac Jones. Um, 
not saying I'm a fan of these Patriots, but I'm a fan of Mac Jones and of what he's been able to do. And, uh, you know, so you love to see it. And but, again, it's just a testament to old Bill. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, at, that I'm sure you like, but let's talk about some college football here real quick. So I watch, I'm not a huge college football guy. I don't watch it regularly. I do watch highlights when I can. Gotcha. I was watching an Oregon highlight here. Oh, boy. The old well, quacking ducks. You found a highlight? Because that's impressive. It was a low light, let's be honest. Okay, there's plenty of those from the last weekend. Um, The Oregon quarterback, they were down by a little bit, scrambles, starts jumping out of bounds, decides to throw the ball directly into a defender for a pick. Yeah. Oh man, what's going on in Oregon? So, you gotta let me in. It, it looks uh, like a um, it looks like a poop fest down there, dude. It is. Uh, so quarterback, his name's Ty Thompson. Um, he is no Justin Herbert. We'll start with the saying that uh, we did. We definitely uh, took a step back at quarterback with Justin Herbert gone. Now I like Ty Thompson in a lot of ways. He's done a lot of uh, good stuff this year. However, as far as Oregon as a team goes. Uh, this has been a night and day season. And when I say that, I mean, at the beginning of this season, uh, really up until about a month ago, honestly, Oregon was in talks and in contention for a spot in the college football playoff. They were having a really good year. And then uh, there's a little team down there in Utah called the Utes that came along and absolutely ruined it twice mind you uh three weeks ago oregon played utah in utah and just got curb stomped i think the final score in that one was 38 to 7 uh that dropped oregon out of contention for the college football playoff it was their second loss of the season and it made it so um we were still good enough for a spot in the pac-12 championship game Unfortunately, it helped Utah get to the Pac-12 championship game as well. And that's what you were watching this last weekend. On Friday night, Oregon met Utah again in the Pac-12 championship. And (laughs) there was no revenge dished out this time. Utah won by essentially the same score. The Utes beat us 38-10 to this go-round. So I guess we scored three more points. But God, man, we just don't look good right now. Uh, there's one game left. We got a spot in, uh, God, I don't even remember which bowl it is, but against Oklahoma. And that's, this will actually kind of serve as a nice little segue to the second thing I wanted to talk about on the show this week. Uh, these college football coaching moves, the biggest, uh, most recent one being Oregon's former head coach, Mario Cristobal, accepting uh, the head coaching position down at the University of Miami here on Monday this week. Um, I don't like to see him go. I liked coach Cristobal and what he did for Oregon. I do believe he left the program better than he found it. Although the last couple of weeks, as I just said, have been rough. Uh, but it, the bigger issue I want to talk about and fill you in on, cause uh, you told me you don't really know what's been going on as far as this coaching stuff goes in college football is these coaches accepting these positions at other schools. And I don't have a problem with them doing that. I have the problem with the timing in which they're doing it. Uh, As I just said, coach Cristobal did this Monday, Oregon still has a game left this year. We still have a bowl game yet left and the team we're playing actually Oklahoma, the Sooners, this happened to them too, in a much bigger scale with Lincoln Riley. Uh, 
it was like a day after maybe they lost uh, the Bedlam rivalry game to Oklahoma State that Lincoln Riley accepted the job at USC and left Oklahoma out to dry essentially with a game left on their roster. Uh, and the biggest example of this uh, is Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. He left Notre Dame to go coach at LSU, huge contract money-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's now the highest paid college coach ever, but Notre Dame was still in contention for a playoff spot Ooh. when he left. And, and, you know, for, for those who might not know college football that well, there's only four playoff spots in the whole country. It's a huge deal to be selected to the playoff. And he left in the midst of that, you know, and that's what I have a problem with. I, I don't think these guys should be allowed to accept other jobs until the season's completely over. And I just don't get why they can't wait another couple of weeks, um, why it has to be so urgent. I think there's just this mindset of, not even living in the now and always living in the future, always thinking ahead and always, you know, thinking about the next move when you're not even worried about the task at hand. And these players on a lot of these teams, Notre Dame and Oregon and uh, Oklahoma have all just felt abandoned by their coaches and you can't blame them. Yeah. That's one thing that's always bothered me about, college football is like it, there's no loyalty it feels like no it's it's a big money thing it's especially fbs college football like that mm-hmm. uh it's just a huge money grab and it is for these coaches and, and with cristobal i i get it a little more a little more not much but he he's from down there in miami that's his alma mater uh you know going back to coach your alma mater i get that a little bit but still coach your last game with Oregon, man. If you're Lincoln Riley, coach the Sooners in their bowl game. Uh, And some people speculate that the college football playoff committee didn't let Notre Dame into the field of four simply because they lost their coach, you know? And and so the players essentially got punished for a decision the coach made. And I just have a problem with the way some of these guys left too. Uh, Lincoln Riley had like a five minute meeting with his team is all to tell him he was gone. And that was it. Uh, Brian Kelly had an 11 minute meeting with Notre Dame players at seven 30 in the morning to tell him he was gone. And that was it. Like, I just don't like that. It leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I think it's wrong. And the schools and these programs are already like starting to see effects of this because Oregon, I know just today, the day we record this Tuesday, lost commitments from players who had previously committed to the school. And you can't blame the kids who are decommitting because they committed to play under a certain coach who, they, mm-hmm. who recruited them and who, you know, pitched them this big, great thing about, you know, the university they're going to be playing at. And then the guy just ups and leaves. You don't, I don't blame these kids at all for decommitting, but that's the problem we're starting to see. And this year we've just seen it. Uh, on a more grand scale than we've ever have before really. And I've heard so much about people complaining about NCAA players in any sport really, but in football, especially getting to just transfer quote unquote at will. And these kids can transfer schools. There's no rule against that. Uh, But there is a rule saying that unless you're a grad transfer, if you transfer 
to another school, you have to sit out a year in the NCAA. And I think mm-hmm. that's fair. And I think that's a good rule. Uh, but the, the hypocrisy of it is you have so many people complaining about that, but then the coaches are doing the same thing. Um, and in my opinion, that's a much bigger issue than it is when the players do it. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. That's yeah. It's just bad, and, man. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing is like, uh, there's nothing. I don't know, man. What do you do about it? Exactly. Like you, I, I don't know, man. I feel like there has to be, cause think about the NFL. There's been situations where, you know, everyone talks about black Monday in the NFL. Yeah. The Monday after the regular season's over and a certain number of coaches always get fired and lose their jobs. Right. Those teams are immediately looking to fill that role. And they're interested sometimes in candidates who are assistants with other teams who are in the playoffs. Uh, most of the time, if not all of the time, those playoff teams prohibit their assistant coaches from interviewing for jobs even until the season's over. Yeah. And, and that's how it should be, honestly. Well, and it seems like it could be a huge liability if you're interviewing while you're in the playoffs. Like Conflict it, of if, interest. If, yeah. The, t- the other team could be like, hey, if you coach bad and basically throw the game, we'll right. hire you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um and you just, there's no stipulations like that at all in college football. Uh, and, and like, what if Oregon had been playing Miami in this bowl game? Like, wow. <laughs> Talk about headlines. Uh, yeah, it, something needs to change, but I'm with you. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the NCAA needs to step in and say, hey, wait there's a deadline uh, before you can start interviewing for jobs. Um, but you can't really do that because those of the schools that have vacancies in their head coaching departments and positions need those filled as soon as possible. So I don't know. It's, it's just a tough situation and you hate to see it. I hate to see it for the athletes more than anything, because like I said, these kids are just feeling abandoned by their coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh and what did I see on Twitter about a week ago? Um, right after Lincoln Riley accepted the job at USC, he tweeted out something about how USC is going to again soon be the mecca of college football. And one of his Oklahoma players responded to that tweet and said, funny how you told us this a week ago. <laughs> and it's like, yikes, man, that's just a bad look all around. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's a problem. And I think it's bad for the sport. I think it, it's going to sour fans to the sport. It's souring me to it. And I love college football. College football is my favorite thing in the world, probably, but as far as sports goes, but it's, uh, it's just rough right now. And and I promise this is not sour grapes because Oregon lost their coach. In fact, I could kind of see it coming. Cristobal is a good coach, but I just don't like this kind of stuff and I don't like it wherever it happens. So that's my two cents on the subject. Um, but the long winded answer for the question you asked, it feels like a decade ago, <laughs> it's been a rough one to be an Oregon fan this season. I'll say that. So I'm, I'm definitely going to root for the boys in the, uh, in the bowl game here. Like I said, I don't even remember what bowl. Oh, it's the Alamo Bowl. I just looked it up. Okay, I'll root for the boys in the Alamo Bowl, ranked 15th in the country right now. I hope we beat the Sooners. But, man, as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, it's on to basketball season for you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff going on in the world of college sports right now. Um, crazy stuff. But uh, segue into my shout out real quick, I guess. Uh, kind of along the lines of guys leaving. And uh, I don't know if you heard all the stuff that kind of went down here at MSU, Montana State, the last week before the playoff game. Did you? No, I didn't. What happened? So MSU's starting quarterback, who had been their starting quarterback all season long, uh, Matthew McKay was his name, Matt McKay. Uh, he entered the transfer portal 48 hours before MSU's playoff game Ooh. left. And r- rumor was that he was going to get benched in that game, and that's why. That he had not been playing great uh, up in the last few weeks, and MSU was going to make a change at quarterback. He didn't like that, so he just left. Um, say about that what you will. I have my thoughts about it. That's not what I'm here to shout out, obviously. I'm here to shout out the kid who stepped in for him, true freshman quarterback Tommy Malott, right? out of Butte, America here, Butte, Montana, stepped in and ran for over 170 yards in that playoff game last weekend, uh, helped the team win and move on in the playoffs. Uh, As a true freshman, making your first start ever in the playoffs can't be easy, but boy, old touchdown Tommy sure looked good the other night. So that's my shout out. Yeah, uh, I have heard nothing but good things from his start. I didn't know the, the whole situation on why he was starting, but yeah. Yeah, so like I, I, I I watched uh yeah I watched that game against the Vandals, a game that should not have been that yeah, close. Yeah, we were both at that game. That was a ugh, that was a squeaker. Uh, this one was not as much of a squeaker. So, uh, yeah, I had to shout out the true freshman getting his first start in the playoffs. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully the hopefully the good things continue. Yes, sir. Uh, quarterfinal matchup on Saturday night against Sam Houston State. It's going to be a tough one, but uh, I am excited about it. It's cool to see the all alma mater doing good. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Better hopefully than we the go Ducks. a long way. Better than the Ducks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so shout outs out of the way. Do you have a call out? Oh, I kind of talked about my call out with the Ducks. That's fair, man. Oh. That's totally fair. I could call out the entire Ducks team. Um, maybe um, there was the yeah, maybe that's not something we talk about on the podcast. I'll, I'll tell you what it was afterwards. The All fans right. will just have to wonder. Oh, um, a, a cliffhanger! I like it. Um, I would like to continue my ongoing call out of the NFL refs who have been absolute big poo poo this year. Uh, barely watched football this weekend as far as the NFL goes, so you're gonna have to fill me in here. No, they just continue to be poo poo. Oh, is okay. There was nothing. No one egregious thing. No, no, it's just it's just been bad. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's a that's a call out that the evergreen call out that will always be relevant. Yeah, I feel like. So uh, yeah, that's a good one. I don't really have a call out in mind this week either. So I'll piggyback on that one. Get it together, refs. Come on. Yeah. Let's let's get this figured out. Um, actually, I do kind of have a call out. Uh, now that I think about it, as far as fantasy football goes, man, Boston Scott with Philadelphia Eagles fans, more specifically, Alex, if you're listening, which uh, you're probably not, but if you are, uh, how, how do you support such wild inconsistency on a week to week basis? I don't get it, man. I did not play Boston Scott a week ago and he got like 16 points on my bench. I did play him this week. He got a big old zero and my fantasy team still won this weekend, but my goodness, it's frustrating. And it's frustrating because there's not a lot of depth at running back in the free agent pool right now. So I don't have too many options, but 
Well, you see, the the Philadelphia Eagles took a step this week. They started a real quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Mania is back. Yeah. Hey, Alex, I know you're not going to listen to this because last time we asked you to comment, you didn't. <laughs> Ooh, um, another call but, out. You know, big freaking take here. The Eagles should freaking cut Hurts. Trade him away. Bad quarterback. Stick I, with Minshew. I would say trade him for sure. Don't cut him. Get something out of him. Yeah, like a 57th round draft pick. Hey, man, trade him to Seattle. No, don't do that. Actually, don't do that. I thought about. I thought about that. Don't do that. Um, you realize what you were saying? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, we got to try our best to keep Russell Wilson around. That's what we got to do. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, try but, might be the optimist hey, word there. No matter what happens this season for the rest of the way through, uh, even if we don't win another game, your boys swept the Niners this season. So I'll take that for what it's worth. You swept the injury-ridden Niners. Congratulations. Hey, man. T- t- tiny victories. I need them this year. Tiny victories. Yeah. Tiny victories. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny? Uh, do I even want to know? Yeah. Okay. If you say the I do, Vi- I do. The Vikings lost. Yeah, they did. Oh, man. To the Lions, who we already touched on. Um, oh, the Vikings are so frustrating. They could be such a good team. <laughs> But they don't. They they aren't. They don't. They can't. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not going to win a championship in Minnesota. He is not the answer. So he, the thing is, Kirk is not even playing that bad. No, that's the thing. It's, like, it's he, not Kirk. No, he he's a good quarterback. He's above average, but he's not. I don't know. Like a team. If start- Joe Flacco can lit win a super bowl Kirk cousins can win a super bowl okay all right but man i don't know what's going on with the vikings if it's the coaching if it's team morale but they should be playing so much better than they are man i don't know when they show their upside it's just amazing it's just downside all the time i have no room to talk they beat seattle pretty good this year but they are uh talk about wild inconsistencies they yeah, they're just, right up there with the Denver and Enigmas. The Denver Enigmas. Uh, yeah, they're an enigma themselves for sure. I don't know what to make of the Vikings this year. I don't know what to make of a lot of it, honestly. It's the, a lot of teams are just having a weird year, you know? Yeah. The Patriots are weirdly good again, and the, the Bills are weirdly struggling, like you said, as a team that should be dominating every game they play. And the Dolphins are bringing it back, baby. Let's hear it for Tua Tungavailoa. Round of applause for Tua. Two people making a round of applause on a podcast is a sad sound, I realized. It is. Uh, it is. But yeah. let's hear it for Tua, man. He's playing so well. <laughs> he is. Uh, it's, My you boy. Love to see it. You love to see and, it. And you know what? He's doing it with, like, the worst running offense in the league. Yeah. That man deserves props right now. He is going I, through the ringer <laughs> for sure. I, have, I don't know why over the past like year, I talk about him so much. You may have noticed I've kind of fallen in love with, with Tua and the story going on with the Dolphins. I really liked last year when Fitzmagic was in there kind of mentoring him. 
And man, I really want this young man to succeed. I really want. I don't best. know how anyone who watches football couldn't want him to succeed, though. He's such a likable kid. Uh, yeah. I, I liked him when he was at Alabama. And, and I do not famously do not root for Alabama and their players often. Uh, I, I like Mac Jones now. I wholeheartedly did not root for him in Alabama. Uh, and I did root for Tua. He was such a likable kid. Not saying Mac wasn't likable, I guess, but Tua is just, I don't know. He's just a little bit cheesy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so the Dolphins won this last week. What is their record now? They're The Dolphins, who I think I think they've won, like, their last five. Let me double-check that. The Dolphins um, are six and seven. Yeah, they're, you know, for a team that I think a lot of people are like, oh, boy, it's uh, But, yeah, dub against the Giants, which Giants, dub against the Panthers, dub against the Jets, dub against the Ravens. That's a big one. It's pretty big. And then the dub against the Texans, which – so, yeah, their their last games, I think the Panthers and the Ravens are obviously the toughest of that grouping. But they're playing well. Well, and they've got the Jets here in a couple weeks off a bye week. So, I think – you know, they still got the Patriots this year. They beat them earlier this year. If they can sweep the Patriots, I think they're, I think they're looking good. And here's, here's, the, here's the stretch that's really going to be important. Uh, I guess the last three, including that one against the Patriots, but that stretch when they play the Saints in New Orleans and then hit the road again and play the Titans down in Nashville. Yeah. Those are going to be two big games. And with seven seeds going to the playoffs now, or seven spots rather, uh, this Dolphins team is in the hunt right now, man. Yeah. If if they can win out, that puts them at 10 and seven. Yeah. And yeah. that that's a playoff yeah, they, record. That's a playoff record. They'd be they, fun to watch in yeah. the playoffs. They would be. Uh, yeah. And you know, right now I think the AFC is, is in a spot where they, they have a chance of making it. Um, You know, you the East, I think, is a lot more competitive in the top three, at least not the Jets. Yeah. Um, than we thought it was gonna be. Um, at the beginning of the season after the Dolphins really fumbled that little bit. Um, but AFC West, the Broncos and the Raiders are, you know, they could go either way right now. Again, enigmas. Yeah, and the Chiefs have kind of kicked it into gear again. Yeah, they decided, oh, maybe we want to make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, so... Yeah. Uh, the AFC North, you've got the Steelers and the Browns, again, that are in that same, what are they going to do? And uh, the AFC South was a joke. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask you an AFC playoff question here that will kind of tie it back to our initial discussion about the Patriots. They're the number one seed right now. Do you think they end up that way when playoff time rolls around? Ooh, that's a good question. I I think they do, actually. Really? I think so. They They've got the Bills again here in a couple of weeks, and I don't think I just I don't have confidence in the Bills this year. Um, they got the Colts, which much like the announcers and everybody was talking about Brady knowing how to beat the Colts. Bill Belichick knows how to beat the Colts. Yes, sir. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Brady played them games. Belichick 
you know, he coached those games and people forget coaches watch hundreds of hours of film. Can you imagine how much film Bill Belichick has watched on the Colts with his coaching experience? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think Bill Belichick can beat the Colts. I think the Patriots can beat the Colts. I don't have confidence in the Bills, the Jags. That is yeah. <laughs> that Dolphins game at the end of the season suddenly is really interesting. Yeah. It it could be a huge game for the Patriots, huge game for the Dolphins. It could it could be a playoff deciding game for put potentially both those teams, depending on what happens. Well, and like you pointed out, let's remember the Dolphins already got the Patriots once this year, and that was in New England. This one's going to be down there in South Beach. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I initially, my first thought is, no, I don't think the Patriots end up as the one seed. But the more I think about it, the only team that I would have a while ago realistically said would overtake them for the number one spot is not playing well right now in Buffalo. Uh, and unless – the Titans really kicking into gear. I don't think they're going to, the current number two seed, I don't think they're going to take him over. And let's remember head to head, New England thumped Tennessee. Yeah. And yeah, the bills right now, um, they play the majority of the AFC South coming up. They've got us, the bucks, they've got the Panthers and they got the Falcons that, you know, and they've also got the Patriots and the jets in there. That's, um, at least for three of those games, that's a really, I think, a toss-up thing. Yeah. If they're playing up to their potential, yeah, they can sweep this this last five games of the year easy. Um, not not easy. I shouldn't say the Bucks easy, but <laughs> I was gonna say um, you're disparaging your boys a little bit. But I'm being realistic. I know, like, if the Bills are at 100, percent our defense is is still pretty banged up. They can't match. They can't match an insane Josh Allen. Yeah. I hate to say that, but true. Yeah, it's interesting, but, man. Anyway, enough talking about that. We we need to wrap it up. So regardless of who you're rooting for or what you think is going to happen, thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoy it from wherever you listen to listen at or what you download the podcast from, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, the can on the string. I just hope that you enjoy it. So for myself and Jared here at the Expansion Buddies, we hope that you've enjoyed the podcast and never forget party like it's 1976.